I hate that. I hate any. Like, I agree that you know the, the studio doesn't have to be set up perfectly for the next person or whatever. But like, if you've made any wild changes, like you should definitely fix those before you. You know, like if you if you like took out all the light bulbs or something. You're like, well, I, I like to work in the dark, and I like I don't even like the option of light. Like, you know, yeah. then like the next person shouldn't have to put all the light bulbs back. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying like turn it turn it off like you're you're entitled to your opinion that's whatever but yeah, like yeah. maybe don't leave it on volume 100% if you're like oh i'm going to be running around and i need to hear whatever maybe there was a football game that i don't know what you know i i need yeah, to whatever yeah that's but, that's, that's yeah, fine don't leave it yeah, yeah. don't leave it at the uh, at the volume where you can hear it at the sales side of the building yeah absolutely i'm going to be down on the sales side and i got to listen <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's how a stream works. I can take it with me wherever by leaving it here, right? And just cranking yeah, the volume yeah. up. Yeah, that's all yeah. a stream is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you pull up a stream of a radio station, it literally just raises the volume on a giant speaker in the middle of the United <laughs> States, so that so that you think it's coming from your phone, but it's not. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing and completely impossible because every radio station would have to be playing. At the All same the time, time, yes. At, <laughs> at, 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 at you know, max un- volume, crank it to eleven. Like in in yeah. the it's and it's got to be in the middle of like the country, right? To reach everyone, right? Yeah. It's got to be like in yeah. What's what's the middle of the country? Kansas or something? I think Kansas. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. How, how did we both think Kansas? <laughs> uh, I remember specifically, oddly enough, a um a, like a a random. It was probably a geography book, and it was like the geographic center of the united states just by measurement or whatever is uh-huh. in like lebanon kansas or wow. something like that and i remember the picture and everything yeah like the x and y axis in the u.s meet in lebanon kansas wow all right <laughs> yeah so i did learn something in school <laughs> and that's it nothing else yeah but like speakers in lebanon and then no one can live within like 120 miles of lebanon, kansas because it's just too loud and your head would explode absolutely yeah <laughs> But then you've got people like, it's my right to live in Lebanon, Kansas. I'll live here if I want to. I don't care if my ears bleed constantly. That's healthy. It's my right. I have rights. And I don't wear earplugs when I in Lebanon, I, Kansas. I have a doctor's note that says I can live in Lebanon, Kansas. I have healthy, strong ears, damn it. If I was the doctor of someone that idiotic, I would write notes like just helping darwinism along the way you know have we have we considered that it's like that there are certain doctors who take who are like you know i mean when you look at it you know we we could look at this in like a constitutional way like some people are are like originalists or whatever and some people are like flexibleists it's like well it's a living document people like no they wrote it as intended i think the hippocratic oath is even older than the friggin' constitution and also should be like so when it says do no harm that could mean to the general population and it might be your your um your duty as a doctor to remove these people from the gene pool. It's like <laughs> the no is in parentheses. So it's do no harm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they got this all wrong. <laughs> it, it, it's like I, <laughs> do no harm. <laughs> do no harm. <laughs> do question mark no comma harm exclamation point it's, it's like yeah it's like yes i agree with you it is your constitutional right to take your toaster into the bathtub i'm gonna write you a prescription for that one toaster put one toaster in your bathtub and call me in the morning oh my god <laughs> uh, all right should we get started you might as well yeah 
All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Haldewell. And it's about watching Seinfeld and peppering as many Simpsons references as we can into each episode. <laughs> Not Seinfeld references, only Simpsons references. We, we really do, don't we? I'm, I'm surprised no one's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. called us out for this. <laughs> I know, I know. I just know that it's like a strong reference point for you, and there's so few people that get the obscure. Can I tell you something? Okay, so I'm also a member of a I Think You Should Leave shitposting group. Oh, yes. And um, Yeah, and... Are you in that group, by the way? I don't think I am. No. Is it is it on okay. Facebook? What's it called? It's on Facebook. I think it's, I think you should leave mud pipe. Oh, sloppy mud pipe <laughs> sloppy posting or something like that. Sloppy mud pipe posting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and there was like, you know, they do crossover memes all the time. And one was the Simpsons. And it was like, it said, it, first of all, it got the lyrics to the, I think you should leave reference wrong. And then it got, so it was the, the, what are they called? What was uh, Homer's uh, barbershop quartet called? Mm, was it the B sharps? Yes, there you go. So it was a picture of the B sharps, and it says the palm tree girls, the 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 palm tree guys. So two these, and totally got the lyrics wrong. It's palm tree girls love palm tree guys, and so I was like, I, I in the comments I wrote the the. I hope someone got fired for that blunder, and <laughs> and and then the the person who made the post was like, okay, boomer. I was like, what in the what? world? Like, <laughs> and then later on in the comment thread, like everybody else got the reference. I think it was like, okay, boomer. I guess you know. I, I guess you forgot. Like, you know, a, sh- a shit posting group should be filled with shit posts. And then someone after him was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should know a Simpsons reference if you're going to post a Simpsons meme. And then the guy <laughs> also was like, oh, I, you know, I guess I didn't catch the super obscure Simpsons. I'm like, what? How is that? The Poochie episode is one of the most memeable episodes. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that one of the most obscure quotes. That's like one of the most mainstream quotes. That's what I thought. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I was like, maybe it's just me and Ted. Maybe it's only me. And Ted. <laughs> <laughs> so I got called a boomer and a normie. And the guy was like, oh, I guess I didn't get that obscure Simpsons quote. It just sounded like normie complaining to me. Oh, or something my like that. And I was God. Like, I got called a boomie and a normie in the, by the same guy in a Ted, comment thread. Get the fuck out of here. It sounds like, though, everyone my kind God. of came to your came to your defense. There. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. This guy was 100 percent of the wrong because, first of all, he screwed up the words on the meme. And then also he. uh you know, didn't get a Simpsons reference despite posting a Simpsons meme. Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty great. Uh, how the hell did we get on that topic, though? Um, <laughs> Something about peppering in Simpsons. Anyway, we will eventually, I promise, start talking about the Soup Nazi episode season seven, episode six. Uh, but before that, we did have some stuff left over from the hot tub. And one of those was what do you call people from Trinidad and Tobago? Because Elaine says he's Trinidadian and Toboggan. Okay, first and, off, first off, first off, is it Tobago oh, yeah. or is it Tobago? I always thought it was Tobago. Oh, I think I say Tobago. Is it but Tobago? I really, I'm not I sure. I, I can see what. Uh, that's probably that's probably just me saying Tobago because n- literally no other context. Tobago. Let me see. Oh, I can hit listen here. Let me see. Oh, they said Tobago. Did you hear that? Mm, mm-mm. Okay. I, I, it came through my headphones, and I was like, well, I guess there's no reason. So it said Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> okay. So wow. it's interesting that she changed it. Yeah, he's from Trinidad. Does she say Tobago? Now I don't remember how no, I think they she were said, pronouncing it. I, I want to say Tobago. I think she says Tobago. Yeah, because otherwise the toboggan joke doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, like Tobago is fled and so. But it, they don't list any other pronunciation. Well, it does list another pronunciation. Tobago or Tobago. Tobago. Okay. 
Yeah, but they certainly, or, or I'm sorry, Tobago or Tobago. You say Tobago, I say Tobago. <laughs> Tobago? I'm surprised Jer- that's Tobago. a very... That's a very Jerry Seinfeldian joke. I'm surprised they, they did not try it. to work that in. I think yeah. that's funny. That's like Borscht Belt comedy. You say tomato, I say, and they didn't write that joke. I'm I'm kind of disappointed because it's not a good joke, but I totally would have laughed at it in in the Seinfeld and, if, if Jerry had said it. And I thought we had moved past Simpsons shit posting meme talk. Were, were there tomato shit posts? Uh, well, yeah, you know the scene where Mr. Burns is like, oh, hmm, tobacco. Ke- no, like ketchup, 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 ketchup. <laughs> right yeah but then there's also tomaco that's always that's a, a, a popular one they are so people from trinidad and tobago are called trinidadians and tobagoans um huh. so i guess you don't separate it yeah which is weird like i guess you don't separate depending on where they're from also tobagoans you can also, is very cumbersome wait i'm sorry i even messed it up trinidadians and see, I can't do it with the sh- the long a. I have to do it with the short a. Trinidadians and Tabog Tabagonians. Tabagonians. Correct. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. how I'm going to pronounce it. Because okay. Tabag Tabagonians. Tabagonians. I think it, I think ta- it has to be Tabagonian. Ta- Tabagonians. 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 I have no idea. Maybe. Yeah. If we have anybody listening from Trinidad and Tobago, please let us know what we're doing wrong here. <laughs> I mean, amongst well, other 1. things. There's 1.7 million of them, at least in Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> you can also call them Trinis. So colloquially, they're known as Trinis or Trinbagonians. Trinbagonians. I thought you were going to say, locally, they're known as Trinis or Bagos. <laughs> Bagos, yeah. So I don't. It's still very clunky, if you ask me. I mean, you guys got to figure it out down there, <laughs> or wherever. I wonder. Wherever you are. I wonder if Trinidad and Tobago is hiring a marketing rep to uh, to, to rebrand <laughs> yeah. rebrand their name. I mean, first of all, they got they got something great going with like TNT. I mean, that's oh the first God, thing yeah. I would I would I would revolve a marketing plan around is like <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago. It's TNT. Hell yeah. That's, that's brilliant right there. They know drama. Uh, so hire us. Yeah. <laughs> Go to uh, visit, visit TNT.org uh, to, and you'll get 50% off your Trinidad and Toboggan vacation <laughs> if you put in the code no hugging. But do you think that ACDC <laughs> would be willing to be the soundtrack of the Tourism Bureau? <laughs> they seem to be very big into licensing and I'm willing to bet we can get the money. We can, we can find a nice <laughs> price point for that to make it make it attractive to them yeah i I don't really think they're doing anything anymore so i think they i think they like need all the money they can get i want to see they i want to say they literally just came out with a new song did they really oh no oh no i can understand why you don't keep up with them um but hang on let me see i feel like i saw acdc three days ago acdc offer first preview of new album oh no i don't want to hear what acdc in 2020 sounds like well, I'll give you a hint. It's probably like ACDC in 1970 or whenever the <laughs> hell they started. Um, and the hard riffing Shot in the Dark. So they have a new song called Shot in the Dark. It's their first song heard since 2014's Rock or Bust album. Oh, baby. <laughs> I, n- I need a rock or bust. <laughs> and their next album is called Power Up, but it's P-W-R-U-P. Oh, boy. Okay. And and louder sound.com calls it one of the 
most one of the most eagerly anticipated albums of 2020. I'm sure that I'm sure that's going to be uh, once they relaunch. I'm sure that is going to be the uh, amp up track for the former wrestling company I used to work for, Pro Wrestling Rampage PWR. Oh my gosh! Because they love some ACDC. <laughs> they're just one of those bands not to get too far off track but they just exist you know i mean i think they're pretty harmless you know and even if someone was like hey i have free tickets to an acdc concert i'd be like it's not anywhere near the front is it and they're like no it's like <laughs> the bowl the upper bowl you know it's, it's even on an aisle you know and and uh so i mean like yeah i'll go check it out i probably yeah. know if you know one, first of all, if you know one ACDC song, you know them all. <laughs> That's very so true. So you probably have a good time. <laughs> It'd be great for people watching. I would I would probably go. Yeah. On, honestly, and I know this is a, a much more unpopular opinion than uh, willingly going to an ACDC concert. I would do that for a Nickelback show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I probably would, too. I, I de- I'd have I to even further would. back then. I don't know. I, <laughs> feel, I, feel like, I feel like a Nickelback show would be like... Uh, also good people watching, but also there's a lot of people who are going to be there for the meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like yeah, at this point, for the meme. At this point in 2020, I'm pretty sure Nickelback themselves are there for the meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have to know their audience is 50% meme. Fifty <laughs> <laughs> percent <laughs> mean, fifty percent meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i wonder if i mean once i think the scales might tip i think memers might pay more for a ticket than an actual nickelback fan because <laughs> because they, they've got you know, that I like think, think, irony yes yeah yeah they're paying they'll, they're willing to pay for irony oh my and god other people are like well i mean I, I like their music but not that much <laughs> 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 so once they tip the scales to like 70 meme i mean you're gonna see those Ticket prices shoot up, I think. <laughs> 70 me, 30 fans. It's, it's going to shoot up to like Elton John ticket prices. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the meet and greets are going to be oh. sold out like immediately. <laughs> it, um, I think you mean they'll be sold out immediately. Immediately. <laughs> God, I hate myself for oh that. My okay. God. You know what? I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> no, I liked it. I liked it, of course. <laughs> Uh, we should probably get uh, okay, back so to the talking other thing we about Seinfeld, to, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, okay, back to Seinfeld. So also in the hot tub, George at the end of the episode is uh, sort of prescribed a soak in the tub with uh, with George Steinbrenner by George Steinbrenner so he can sort of, you know, uh, mellow out because they heard him shouting at the Houston guys, bastard and son of a bitch and stuff, and, and Wilhelm thinks the job has gotten to him, and, and Steinbrenner says, like, oh, you need to soak in the hot tub. And George at the end of the episode puts his head underwater and I'm like, that's you're not supposed to do that, right? Like I've always heard that, like that'll boil your brain. Um, and you had not heard that, right, Ted? Correct. Yeah. Did you did you find out? Is yeah. that is that right? So I found so there's this website, uh, CanadianHomeLeisure.ca. <laughs> Uh, but but that's this is just a site I settled on because they were able to make it as concise as possible. I found it on several sites. They say generally submerging your head in hot water is a bad idea. First of all, especially somewhere communal, because hot tubs, as everyone knows, as Jerry even says, uh, they're bacteria fraps. Okay, you know? they're very hot, and you know they're not often sanitized. Just imagine the one in Yankee Stadium that George Steinbrenner used. You know, might even have been <laughs> like in the training gym or something. Yeah, yeah. So why like put all your most precious orify? into that uh, that dude soup you know your eyes your nose your mouth 
You know um, what? You know what? I just found the uh, I just found the bit that I pull for our trailer video. Why put your most precious <laughs> orify into that dude soup? Dude soup. <laughs> um, and but here's what I was thinking. So it, it also references hair hazards. You know, you put your you put your head underwater. Long hair can get sucked into one of those jets, and that's not going to be fun. No, absolutely but not. Here's what I was thinking. Even in perfectly clean water, high temperatures pose a hazard to children's brains. So maybe that's what that's maybe that's what I. It's one of those things you heard as a kid, and you know you just think as an adult your your brain is also as vulnerable as it is when you're a kid. But children's brains are at a greater risk of hindering brain development when getting their heads wet in 95 or so degree hot water. Adults' body is more sensitive to heat and cannot regulate its temperature as effectively. The head specifically is vulnerable to overheating because it's a major source of heat loss. Hmm. So okay. I guess if you're a kid, don't put your head underwater. But I guess George, I guess he was safe. Interesting. Okay. I, again, I literally never would have thought of this. I, I think I've definitely put my head underwater in a hot tub before. Well, that explains a lot. Oh! <sighs> burn! Bazinga! <laughs> Oh, Ted never gonna Ted literally in shambles. Well, I, I I thought I was doing a podcast with Tim Murphy. I didn't know I was doing one one with Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> hey, baby, why don't you go put your head under a hot tub? Oh, oh! <laughs> boo! God damn it! <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, so some other. <laughs> Uh, some other things from the hot tub episode. Scenes were shot for this episode, and I could tell. Um, oh, actually, never mind. I take that back. Well, I don't know what scenes they're talking about. Then scenes were shot for this episode with both Larry the cook, who I think is the guy that I sometimes refer to as the manager of monks. He's the one at least who has to come out and lay down the law every yeah, now and then. But yeah. he definitely is wearing an apron, and he spends a lot of time in the kitchen, you can tell. So they call him Larry the cook on this site. Uh, and the rabbi were filmed, but they were deleted before the show aired. So uh, when I was okay. thinking of what scene with uh, with uh, Larry the Cook might have been filmed, I was I was thinking of I was jumping ahead to the soup Nazi because there was a scene that I could pretty much tell he was in that I'll get to when we end up talking about that. That mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that looks like there was something funny about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, with, I know with what him, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George goes to meet with the reps from Houston to discuss the possibility of interleague play, but the first interleague game wasn't played until 1997, but they were probably talking about it. You know, it was obviously being talked about in Major League Baseball in 95 when this episode aired. Oh, the New York City Marathon in 95, just a bit of trivia, was won by uh, German Silva of Mexico in a time of two hours and 11 minutes. So it was not actually Jean-Paul, Jean-Paul, I guess. That's, That's pretty much it. All right. Uh, do, do we have any other yeah. news or anything? Believe it or not, I do. You probably saw this as well, because I know we look at some of the same uh, websites in the morning and stuff. But Jason Alexander was on a podcast called At Home with the Creative Coalition. He says that he got punched in the face all the time in real life based on one of his early roles. And it wasn't George Costanza. It was his role as Richard Gere's insensitive lawyer, Philip Stuckey, in Pretty Woman which came out, of course, about 30 years ago. And he says, I was known around the world as the asshole who tried to rape Julia Roberts, so women hated me. I'd walk down the street, and women would say mean things to me. I got punched many times. I got spit on by one woman. It was a rough year. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. Imagine imagine being the person who doesn't think, like, movies are fake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I understand hating characters and sometimes even 
take on the actor at least like oh i can't see him in anything because i always associate him with this role or whatever but yeah like physically abusing like physically attacking <laughs> an actor that's just crazy but I, I i saw that uh that headline so since it had to do with a a new seinfeld story i brought it up all right anything that's else it. That's okay all i got all right if you have yeah. never listened to us before we are not a research heavy show despite the first 20 so minutes just being catching up <laughs> bullshitting about memes and talking about last week's episode uh i've never seen these episodes before tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years if we miss anything if we egregiously skip over something please send us an email send us a tweet at no hugging or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com both of those links are in the description or on the show description page on apple podcasts if you like what you hear please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, If you send us your mailing address to either of the places I just mentioned, we will send you an awesome holographic, no-hugging, no-learning sticker free of charge. That being said, Season 7, Episode 6, The Soup Nazi, original air date, November 2nd, 1995. I was two years, 10 months, and 13 days old. And Tim, if you count this episode and every other episode we have left, we have 61 episodes before we become a solely shit-posting podcast. (laughs) Like, everything we say is just memes of memes and, like, shitposts of shitposts. That sounds like a challenge. I don't know what that would sound like, but I think we could pull it off. I don't think it's been done. <laughs> no. I don't know how it would I don't know how you would carry on a conversation. It, but, it would, I mean it'd be totally again, that's what it'd we... be totally unlistenable, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it's just forty five minutes of pure noise. Yes, like those like the speaker in the middle of the country that we were talking Absolutely, about. Absolutely, yeah. Or the billions of speakers. <laughs> if you it, it it's what you hear if you get within 50 feet of that big speaker. It's just going to be 45 minutes of <laughs> Yeah. Or or it, or it would just sound like what uh, everything sounded like to Oh dang it. What's it? Uh, you know, remember in South Park when everything started sounding like shit to um <laughs> to, to Kyle? No, uh, um no no, it wasn't Stan. Kyle. It was the other normalish one. Stan. Stan. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, might as well reference another, you know, adult cartoon uh, besides The Simpsons as long as we're gearing uh, up. We're, we're going to start any second now. Any second well, now. Well, if you are looking at TV Guide the night of November 2nd, 1995, you are going to see Jerry's favorite soup vendor won't serve his new girlfriend, parenthetical, Alexandra Wentworth. Mm, I kind of don't like it. We'll have to see. Uh, when we get to the end, if we can make it better. We start, though, with a stand-up bit, and this is about how soup is a lazy food. It's already half-digested. Jerry wishes it was even lazier, like you go in to a restaurant and they have it in an IV. And the the chunky-style line really got to me. I was like, that... Anything with IVs, like anytime anyone in a movie like rips out an IV oh. or whatever, I'm like, I'm, I'm just needle-shy anyway. But then yeah. thinking of like a chunky soup actually going through through your veins like that really just gave me yeah yes, yeah that really was was too visceral of an experience for this <laughs> an early stand-up bit like this well it it, yeah. it, it probably just, doesn't help when did you watch this podcast did you watch it at 7 a.m like me no no it was it was on a friday afternoon oh okay i i watched it and i'm like that's one of the first reactions i had today was a uh, yeah chunky i mean style. And just just picturing like a, a one of those big 
like cubed potatoes like going underneath your skin like that's another thing that gives me the oogies when i see it on on film <laughs> or, or tv or anything you know uh yeah that was that was bad i mean it, so it was a great line i mean for that but it was i didn't enjoy it <laughs> it was a different reaction uh, we open in Jerry's apartment, and George is there, and Jerry's there with his uh, aforementioned new girlfriend, and George is uh, asking him which movie theater they want to go to, either 61st and 3rd or 84th and Broadway. Uh, I immediately Googled those addresses to see if there is or was any theaters there. There is a theater at 60th and 3rd, not 61st and 3rd, and I feel like an actual New Yorker would not make a mistake like that. I mean, that's a that's that's a long block you know, to be mm-hmm. off. Maybe not a long block, but you wouldn't say that you know i feel like a new yorker wouldn't say very that so true i'm guessing there maybe if, if there ever was a theater there it it's not there anymore there's no theater at 61st and third but there is one uh down the block uh, but there is one at 84th and broadway and hmm. it's an amc that i feel like might actually be across from one we've talked about before like every time i look up this theater i'm like oh it closed a while ago but there's also an amc megaplex across the street it might be that one i didn't it, is, uh, i couldn't remember which theater is this that amc megaplex the one at 84th and Broadway, I'm thinking, is the AMC Megaplex that was not Ooh. there in 95, but caused the one that they always go to at 84th and Broadway to close down. I couldn't. Oh, okay. I couldn't. Um, yeah, it, it may be. It may not be, though. I, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go look it up, but, but it, it certainly <laughs> looked like the same uh, side of the street and everything. Like, I think where they went to go see maybe Rochelle Rochelle or something like that. It, it might have been that theater where all that at, that happened, uh, where it's across the street. Jerry and his girlfriend are calling each other schmoopy and being all cutesy and just hanging all over each other and hugging. And Elaine comes in and she says hi to Sheila, uh, who leaves. And the three are going out to lunch. And Elaine, even though she's in the mood for a cheeseburger, Jerry uh, says, like, we got to go to the soup place that Kramer discovered. It's stunning soup. And Elaine is like stunned by soup. Never been stunned by soup. Uh, But Mm -hmm. Jerry says the guy that runs the place is temperament and kind of a, a stickler for the rules and so much so that they call him the soup nazi and he starts talking about the ordering procedure and jerry begins explaining the process uh by the way this um uh superman's on the fridge both the actual stand-up superman and action comics number one which i noticed last week uh and superman's still on the bookcase so so he's still tracking that in so, season seven so he is up to three consecutive supermans or not three consecutive three supermans in his apartment, and they are just sticking around for the time being. Yeah, in each episode. It'll be interesting to see when they disappear, if they ever do, because, you know, that's that's the thing. Everyone's like, there's a Superman reference in every episode, and people are like, no, there's not. It's like, yeah, not until, like, we, we, season six. Yeah, so. We found this out, like, uh, I, I mean, that that's one of the things that I had always heard, was, oh, yeah, there's yeah. something with Superman in every single episode, and then us watching, like, through, what, the first four seasons? I think we could count... <laughs> All yeah, of the yeah. Superman refs on two hands. Yeah, I Inclu- wonder though, including if when visual you get to references the the like series, his statue and his magnets. Yeah, yeah, like including those, and and anytime they bring them up, bring them up in conversation or whatever, which wasn't a ton. You're right, but every so often they they would. But I wonder if when you get to the season, if you could uh, the end of the season, if you could even say a majority or end of the series, if you could even say a majority of episodes have a Superman reference in them. I don't even know if that's true. If it's like fifty-one to forty-nine you percent, know. <laughs> I'm sure someone's done the math on that. Let us know. Um, but by the way, I also want to notice. Uh, I also want to point out this episode is written by Spike Ferriston. I don't know if he's ever 
Uh, I don't know if this is his first episode or not. In fact, I'm, I might write that down because I, I hadn't noticed it before. But uh, Spike is still like well within the orbit of Seinfeld. I mean, oh, he had like a late night show or something on some obscure like CNBC or something random like that. It, you know, like Jerry still like calls him calls him up to be on his shows and stuff like that. And this is the first time I actually noticed his name. So I don't know if this is his first episode or not. But um, yeah, he's still like very much one of Seinfeld's best buds. It seems oh, cool. like. Yeah, I'm gonna see. Uh, I'm gonna do a little, maybe a Spike Ferriston dive uh, next week. Uh, so out on the street, Jerry is still explaining the rules. Elaine's very flippant about them. She's being glib about having to follow rules like this. I, this is the way I, I also react to a, this kind of authority in the way that Elaine is doing. I'm like, oh come on, what? This guy is running a business. I, I don't have to follow these dumb rules. I have to follow the law of the land. You know, and I don't have to uh, that. I I very much uh, identify with Elaine as far as like give me I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna do all this I'm not gonna do this dumb song and dance just to get some soup you know <laughs> the group comes upon an antique armoire and the guy says oh you know it's uh, two fifty but you got a nice face I'll give you two uh, give me two hundred for it Elaine's like oh my gosh well I gotta stay with the armoire and Jerry's like well you got the nice face discount <laughs> I thought that was Jeez. funny uh, so she stays with the furniture. Uh, we get to the Soup Nazis restaurant. Do we, um, and, hang on, do we and, know, like, the name of his restaurant? Because the only thing, like, the only thing on the window, uh, there's no banner or anything. It just says Hot Soup. <laughs> I think that's what it's called, then, Hot Soup. He seems like a very no-nonsense guy. Like, why give it a cutesy name? That's true. So, so the, at, at least for, for the remainder of this episode, I will be referring to the Soup Nazis restaurant as Hot Soup. <laughs> hot Soup. I'm fine with that. It reminds me of those restaurants that you see sometimes in old movies or whatever, or they're on like the side of a desert road and they're just called Eat, you know, or a gas station called Gas. You know? It's like, why put on airs? What do you need? Well, You're I mean, in the middle this, of nowhere. This isn't even the, the only thing in the series that has this type of signage. I mean, every almost every episode we're in Monks, but the outside sign just says M's Restaurant restaurant yeah m's restaurant <laughs> yeah that's true that it seems for for all we know they named it monks for some reason there's that, nothing that indicates it's called monks that, that's that's very true I, I don't know why they don't show the to in tom's you know that's that's always baffled yeah. me they, they do not show it it's always just m's restaurant but anyway i digress back to hot soup i i think it i think because if it said toms you'd be like why is it called toms and they call it monks that doesn't make any sense yeah so that's what the m stands for <laughs> monks restaurant <laughs> so uh, over in line for hot soup i mean there's a line down the block and kramer and jerry notice banya has showed up Ugh. and it's funny that banya loves this soup because the, of the huge argument they had about whether or not soup was a meal you know because Banya even says to him, like, oh, Jerry, I didn't know you were a soup fan, you know, because of I think that was a reference to their previous. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, for sure. But th this is uh, this is the perfect time to bring Banya back in. But like literally they 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 turn the camera or they change the camera angle and ba the face Banya is making. I about lost it. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Because he's like open yeah, mouth like smiling. Yeah, he's like open mouth smiling like. Uh, 20 feet behind Jerry as he's like kind of power walking forward. I'm like, this is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And you can tell Banya's trying to like slide in and Jerry's like, I'm not letting you cut because then we'll both get banned forever. And Banya knows he's right. What I like is that when Banya came up, this is funny. He's like, 
oh, this guy makes great soup. They even call him the soup Nazi. Like, Banya, that's not why they call him the soup Nazi. <laughs> they call him the soup Nazi because Nazis are famous for soup. They call him the soup Nazi because of his rigid <laughs> rules. Like, and, like, he's very... That's like... Th- this makes me wonder. <laughs> this, makes, me. this makes me wonder, is Banya a white supremacist? Because, like, he, he's yeah, saying... He's like, oh, yeah, his soup is so great. That's why they call him the soup Nazi. Because <laughs> I am equating yeah, something those, those great... thoughts were connected. I am equating something great to being a Nazi. It's like, oh, that guy's a great leader. They call him Adolf Hitler. Like, what? no, no, Banya. No, no. No, they call him that because he's a fascist. And, like, and no, his, no. <laughs> T- totally unrelated, Banya. Oh, he's a great, he's a charismatic leader. He really gets people behind him. I mean, they call him Adolf Hitler. Like, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, I thought that connection was very funny when he said, oh, this guy makes great soup. They even call him the soup Nazi. That's how great he is. <laughs> <laughs> um so in inside hot soup uh jerry and george order as instructed just mm-hmm. very plainly just put the money on the counter you slide but, down by the uh, way george orders turkey chili by the way yeah. this soup looks awful it's just like laid out in flat <laughs> roasting pans like you'd find in a cafeteria i'm like i, I wouldn't and he's like scraping it out of these pans i'm like this is, this is <laughs> yeah, gonna be yeah. some thick soup yeah you're getting soup dregs oh yeah definitely yeah it's not the way you figure a guy who cares about his soup so much would have some other sort of system but uh, <laughs> but i don't know what it would be but yeah that it did look very not great uh and george orders turkey chili jerry orders crab bisque george didn't get any bread though and jerry just tells him forget it get out of here <laughs> but george can't forget it because everybody else got free bread but but uh, the soup Nazi says, you want bread? $2. And George is like, well, everybody else got it for th- for free. And he was like, bread's $3 now. And George is like, $3? I can't. And then we hear it for the first time, no soup for you. And he takes they take George's soup, they give him his money back, and, uh, and that's it. No soup for George. He blew it. Uh, out on the street, Elaine's super, uh, she's outside her building with the armoire, and Elaine's super says, there's no moving on Sunday. And I love this part, too. She asked the guy, can you hold it for me? He's like, Lady, I'm a guy on the sidewalk. I don't have layaway. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I, this must be a New York thing. Uh, if our Brooklyn person wants to chime in, no moving on Sunday. I wonder what that's about. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you're taking away a day off that a lot of people have to to do that. You know, every, you're working during the week and it's like, all right, Sunday, I got all day to move. Like, no, sorry, you only get Saturday. We can't move on Sunday. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? Like, what? It just seems really inconvenient. It, it really does. Yeah. And so Elaine's kind of stuck there. Jerry is enjoying his soup uh, and up in his apartment. And George is upset that Jerry is not sharing. And he's going back. He's got to try to get his soup from the soup Nazi and, and redeem himself. Sheila comes in and uh, they keep calling each other Schmoopy. <laughs> and George just ducks out of the movie later. He's like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just not feeling. I don't really want to go to the movie later. And it's obvious it's because of the disgusting display between Jerry and and Sheila, who uh, we find, I forget where we found that. Out. Oh, oh, I think Elaine says Sheila. Yeah, it's like uh, right at the beginning. It's, yeah, it's right at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, I was hoping we'd never learn her name and she would just be schmoopy for the whole episode. <laughs> to us, but no such luck. Uh, yeah, George ducks out of the movie. Kramer comes in and he steals a couch cushion uh, because he is going to guard Elaine's armoire and he ni- wants a nice uh, cushion to uh, sit and sleep on. You caught the uh, cue with Kramer coming in, didn't you? 
No. Because Sheila is talking about George, and she's like, he is such a weird guy. And literally, in that instance, Kramer bursts in, grabs the cushion with no context, and goes to walk <laughs> yeah. out without saying anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, he picks it up, and like he, he like uh, examines it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> and then just starts walking out. And then Jerry's like, uh, yeah, he stops him. Excuse me. <laughs> so out on the street... Uh, Elaine is setting Kramer up and, and Kramer's setting himself up. He's got magazines. He's got his cushion and all he wants is some mulligatawny from the soup Nazis uh, place from hot soup. And again, <laughs> Elaine is not taking the ordering procedure seriously, but Kramer is like a true believer in this guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Al- already we're seeing it. Um, he's like, Oh, they call, you know, he, he's disgusted by the fact they call him the soup Nazi because unlike Banya, uh, Kramer sees that as a derogatory term. Well, yeah. He says like, like any artist, he's a little eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like Kramer here so, is downplaying Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think uh, the way I look at it is that, you know, he sees Nazi as a derogatory term. So we'd never call somebody that who makes beautiful soup like like, oh, they call him a Nazi just because he cares about the rules or something. That's not, you know, I feel like he's I don't know, maybe not downplaying nazis but just, he sees it as a derogatory term okay i think and that's enough for me got it yeah i don't know if i've explained it well enough i don't think i don't think i have i mean i i, um, I get where you're coming from i don't know if uh if anybody listening gets where you're coming from i guess you know what if he was like if if like banya he said um of course they call him the soup nazi all great artists are a little eccentric that if he connected the two but it seems like he is disconnecting okay. the two you know okay. what i mean yeah 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 that's what yeah <laughs> If he had if he had made it one sentence like Banyan makes great soup, that's why they call him a Nazi. But but Kramer's like, you know, he's like, so he's a little eccentric. There's no reason to call him a Nazi, you know, or whatever. That's the way I look at it. There, I think I did it. I, I think, think you I, I think you did it. <laughs> Point so over reach. at Hot Soup, George <laughs> Over at Hot Soup, George is practicing in line and Elaine once again is, you know, just being very glib. I can't, I keep coming back to that word. She laughs at George <laughs> and they bring up the fact that Jerry and Sheila calling each other schmoopy is just unbearable, and somebody's got to say something to them about how disgusted it's making all of their friends, specifically just George and Elaine, really. We've got a fall meme alert here, talking about memes all this episode, and we finally got one. You see this all the time once late September, early October rolls around. People say, you know, uh, October 1st, me, I'm getting into soup mode. Have you seen this already? <laughs> I haven't yet, but this was this was oh. an iconic quote. I, I pulled like I wrote down. I'm like, Shh, I've got to focus. I'm shifting into soup mode. <laughs> like this is yeah part, yeah. This I've is seen incredible. a lot of. <laughs> I've seen a lot of like you know nobody me on October first. I've got to focus. I'm getting into soup mode or whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I- I'm in soup I, mode. I'm ready for it. I can't I, wait. I would much rather see that meme than October 1st. Hey, did somebody wake up Green Day? Uh. <laughs> uh, inside, George George has changed his order. I noticed this ever since, you know, before he ordered a turkey chili. Mm-hmm. And when he tasted Jerry's crab bisque, now he's ordered a large crab bisque. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been that good. <laughs> I-, I like this. So he's, he opens the bag. He sees bread. He's like, bread beautiful and the soup nazi goes you're pushing your luck man <laughs> little man <laughs> yeah little man you're pushing your luck little man oh my god yeah that was hilarious and and elaine is completely flouting the procedure i mean she's oh. laying all over the counter and she the guy is putting up with she literally does everything yeah. wrong yeah she's like buh, 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 let me see she doesn't know her order when she gets up there uh even though all she's getting really is mulligatawny for 
Kramer. That's the first thing. And she's like just laying all over the place. And then she's like, has anyone ever told you you look like Al Pacino? You know, son of a woman. Hoo-ah! And, uh, <laughs> and that pushes him over the edge. And he's like, oh, very good. No soup for you. And you, she's banned for one year. <sighs> and, and I think yeah. this, is, this is the first instance we've seen of him like handing out like actual bans. Is that right? Because because <laughs> yeah. everything else is just yeah, yeah. N- no no soup for you for now. Like if if you come back yeah, and you do it yeah. right, then then you'll get soup. Exactly. Yeah. This is the this is the first one year ban that we've seen. And I wonder how he would for a guy that probably does that a lot. I wonder how he would really really uphold that. Anytime I hear that anyone's been been banned from like Disney World or something, I always wonder. I'm like, <laughs> that can't be. There's no way that all these people who get banned like. So many people go through there every day. There's nobody you can actually ban everybody. That's, and would this guy actually? I mean, he remembered George only because it was just earlier that day. That's true. And yeah, I, I wonder if he can really uphold those bans, or if they're self-upheld by people who are like, "No, I can't go there. I'm banned." I mean, one of uh, one of our good friends was banned from Walmart for life. And is that all WalMarts? All WalMarts. Yeah. See, there's no way they could. There's no. Way. I don't know. I mean, Walmart's big. They they've got cameras literally everywhere. They've probably got cameras yeah, where I, where you're not thinking there's cameras. But but every Walmart worker has to know this guy's face, along with everybody else who's banned from every Walmart for life. Or is Walmart you know? a big enough company that they have facial recognition in a database <laughs> in their security cameras? If this is the case, I, I I'll vote for whichever candidate defunds Walmart. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I want to go there if they have this technology. Abolish Walmart. Abolish Walmart. Come on. I mean, honestly, that's probably something we could all get behind. Uh, hey, but, hey, yeah, hey, guys. Especially if they're today's using episode, facial recognition technology. T- today's episode of No Hugging, No Learning brought to you by the new Walmart Plus. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Their streaming service or something? It, it's it's their uh, their Amazon Prime knockoff. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want to be monitored in that way by Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart. It's like a building. That, it's like face. If, if Facebook was a building. <laughs> Holy shit! You're totally right, though. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe they do. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to tell us why your friend was banned from every Walmart for eternity? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just shoplifting. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, gosh, yeah. Which seems I mean, very I, I harsh. It seems very harsh, doesn't it? I was going to say, way too strict. Yeah. Yeah. Every Walmart. For, that's why I'm saying, like, you can go back in. I remember, okay, so one of my uh, uh, one of my radio partners worked with him for six and a half years. This was very funny. So he went to, he hated New Orleans. We loved New Orleans. We could never get him to go to New Orleans because one time he was, you know, like late at night, everyone's drunk or whatever. They go into a pizza place. They get into a fight with the with the pizza place people over something a drink might have gotten thrown like a soda or something like that um and and the cop a cop either was there or happened to be there and anyway he was like you know what i don't want to see you in new orleans ever again what so my friend uh, <laughs> took that yeah as i'm banned from new orleans and i literally cannot show my face there i'm like <sighs> if that cop is still even working because this was like 15 <laughs> years ago if this cop's even working, what makes you think he's going to... But he... I think it was more of a principal thing. It's like, you know what? New Orleans doesn't want me. I don't want New Orleans. Oh, my I, you know, God. I think it was maybe more about that than <laughs> thinking the ban was real. But um, but he did eventually go back and had a great time. Uh, but for a long time, he refused to go because of this lifetime ban from 
the entire metropolitan New Orleans metropolitan area <laughs> as he saw it. Yeah, for, I doubt for, he listens, but from, shout out to Nate from one cop saying, "I don't ever want to see you in New Orleans ever again." Like, oh, this yes. this, this guy's the authority for all of New Orleans. <laughs> I, yeah. I I gotta listen. I gotta this listen to him. Cop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this one cop who works like the overnight Bourbon Street beat, like just tourists. He probably says that like twenty million times a night. To all oh the yeah, tourists down that, there. That, that'd be like that'd be like getting kicked out of the Waffle House by the security officer. Like I don't ever want to see you at this rest stop ever again. Like oh, that, I, I I can never travel this entire interstate because what if I what if I forget what rest stop he's at and I just happen to stop at his rest stop and I happen to stop at the Waffle House that he's working at. <laughs> Yeah, although it would have been funny if he went back and the cops saw him and was like, what did I tell you? And then he got hauled into a New Orleans jail. <laughs> what did I tell you? He, and he's carried a picture of him around. I carried no, this picture no, of you. <laughs> no, not even not even a New Orleans jail, just a jail at the pizza shop. Like, it's it's in the back. It's, like, right next to the walk-in freezer. Or I would have loved if he, he, he had a picture of him, like, right next to his badge and everybody that he comes across, he, like, compares the fate. Nope, not no, it's not you. Thought it was him. <laughs> just just sits on bourbon street like looking at people like comparing it to the picture okay all right he's not here tonight i'll be back tomorrow night (laughs) um but elaine's banned for one year that's the bottom line (laughs) by the way let me ask you this too did you think the soup nazi looks like al pacino i don't think he does not really i thought he looked more like robert downey jr i could see that i i can't even maybe not in 1995 uh, but I, I think like Robert Downey Jr. circa like 2010 to now. Yeah, uh, I can see. I, I guess I can see that, especially with the the stark uh, mustache and stuff. But but certainly he didn't look like scent of a woman era Al Pacino. No, I don't think that at all. No. Yeah, that was way off. Uh, over at Elaine's, two. She's not there yet, but two. I wrote in parentheses, two presumably gay men uh, admire the armoire that is out on the street, and it's absolutely beautiful, and they pick it up, and they steal it in the process, physically threatening Kramer. One of the guys' names is Bob. That's the only one uh, mm-hmm. that we get. But, uh, yeah, we see uh, we see two guys just straight up steal the armoire and, and threaten <laughs> threaten Kramer. And they, they, just, they just walk away. That's it. Like They, they pick it up, and yeah. it's, it's theirs now. Yeah, hey, pick it up, pick it up from the bottom. Like what? No, <laughs> yeah, uh, they just steal it. Elaine uh, is walking back from Hot Soup, and she's just so upset about this band. She's going to call the the, the attorney. Uh, she's going to say it's discrimination. Uh, she tastes George's crab bisque, and just as Jerry promised earlier, her knees buckle, and she has I, to sit down. I feel like since we've been talking about shit posts this entire episode, I feel like it would be very proper for me to mention this. I feel like we could make our own meme out of this, like because this is right in line with the Snickers ad campaign. You're not you when you're hungry, so we need to get something. <laughs> We need to get a screen cap of one of those commercials, put in George's face on one of the people, put in Elaine's face on one of the people, and say, you're not you when you're hungry. Here, have some large crab bisque. <laughs> yeah, and then she uh, she immediately buckles. <laughs> and as she approaches her building, she sees that the armoire is gone, and Kramer tells her some street toughs robbed him. And Kramer is also upset that he didn't get his mulligatawny. I think it's probably because of the fact that Elaine upset the guy. Oh, yeah. Kramer's Kramer's just having a bad day. Yep. 
Uh, over at Hot Soup, Jerry and Sheila are schmoopying in line, uh, you know, and and they're kissing. And when it's their turn, uh, Sheila is up first. When it's their turn, uh, the soup Nazi's like, "What are you doing, kissing in my line?" And uh, Sheila sort of like gives it back to him and stands up to the soup Nazi, and she gets thrown out. And she's like, "All right, come on, Jerry, we're not gonna eat here anyway." And Jerry is like, "Do I know you?" So he has picked soup over his girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, up in Jerry's apartment, Jerry and Elaine are there, and uh, Elaine is, you know, he's telling Elaine the story about how, you know, Sheila is upset with him because of that. And she's like, you know what? George is more normal than you at this point. He's engaged, and your top priority is soup or something like that. And then Jerry's like, well, have you tasted the soup? And she's like, yeah, all right. You made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I want to mention, we got this this weird exterior of Jerry's apartment. It's the one where we like see the name of the building. I don't remember what it's called. Oh, I didn't catch this. It, it, yeah, it, it's like there's an awning. It's not the typical, you know, shooting up at the fire escape shot. It's like the basement level. And I was like, what? And I forget what the building's called. But again, you see it on the awning there. And, and it caught me off guard when we ended up in Jerry's apartment. Because I was like, oh, where's this? And I was like, oh, that's Jerry's? Hmm, okay. Uh, yeah, very, very odd exterior. Um, so George, I'm sorry, Jerry, uh, Kramer comes in. He apologizes again for for losing the armoire. Jerry suspects George thinks that he's better than him because he's been acting kind of weird. I did like Elaine's like, I don't think George thinks he's better than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so George comes in and he can't hide his happiness when he hears that Jerry and Sheila are on the outs. And Elaine and when she sees what's going on, picks up her her uh, purse, gets up off the couch, and dips out before George can drag her into the conversation that he referenced earlier. Oh, like, yeah. Someone should tell him how much we're all <laughs> disgusted by this. Yeah. And he's like, oh, right, Elaine? And at that point, she, like, closes the, the door. This was this was so well, well acted. Like, l- literally, as yeah, he's yeah. saying, right, Elaine, in that second, the door is closing shut. <laughs> yeah, no one notices that Elaine has slinked out of the room, <laughs> like... While they've been talking to each other, it's like everyone agrees, right, Elaine? Yeah, and then <laughs> slam. Um, and George once again brings up the pact, and the sh- we had a pact. You shook my hand, and Jerry even agrees. He's like, "Yeah, I shook your hand." And George goes, "Aha!" And that's another great gifable moment. I feel like we've seen this in <laughs> gift form, uh, you know, ever since they've been a thing. George Aha dot gif. <laughs> uh, back at hot soup, Kramer is just kind of chilling there like he's very friendly with the soup nazi yeah this is um Just chilling and talking lounging loitering the, the the most friendly we've seen anybody be able to be with the soup nazi yeah totally i mean he's like taking up space like right next to the register it, it seems like completely out of character for what the soup nazi would allow but you know but kramer understands him you know that's kind of what it comes down to uh you know he uh he's like you're the only one who understands me and kramer's like experts demand perfection from their self you demand it from yourself and your soup and he's like how can i expect any less from my customers <laughs> um newman comes in by the way in the middle of all this and we get another amazing gifable moment i feel like jambalaya and <laughs> and and trotting down the street is another gift that i see a lot from this episode <laughs> so so far that's like three memes that i can count uh there's soup mode there's aha and then there's jambalaya <laughs> uh and Soup Nazi, because Kramer is, is such a good friend, he offers him an armoire because of the one that was stolen because his friend was so broken up about it. But it, So here's another thing that happens in this scene. I guess expecting perfection from your customers doesn't include speaking Spanish. Yeah. Because he kicks a guy out just for saying, por favor. Uh, Gaspacho, por favor. And he's like, por favor. 
Like, first of all, dude, you have an accent too. Later on, we're going to find out there's some connection to Argentina. Like, por favor means please. And gazpacho's yeah. not even English. So, like, he kicks a dude out. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, the dude is, if, if it was a white dude, if it was like Banya saying, ah, por favor. Like, yeah, I agree. But the guy's like, oh, sorry, I'm part Spanish. I don't even know if he says Spanish. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm part Spanish. And he's like, adios, muchacho. Yeah, this. Like, um, a, like this, an actual Spanish person can't speak Spanish. This is like, and I know I, I mentioned all of the things that I'm like, oh, yeah, this doesn't sit right in all of our other episodes. This is like the first time in this episode. I'm like, oh, uh, th- this is weird. Okay. Yeah. They could have easily picked something different, like the guy's wearing a funny hat or something, like a man actually speaking his native tongue and kicking him out for that. Yeah, call the city attorney. Like, oh my god! Like th- that's that's yeah. actually something that could get you shut down. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, like even even the sign says like we we refuse the right to refuse or we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone for any reason. Pretty sure that doesn't cover uh, racism. Yeah, yeah, and and those signs also like I don't think they actually have any legal standing. You know, <laughs> no, I mean, no, I, no. People put them up just to like scare you or whatever. But but yeah, anything that's like against the law or whatever obviously supersedes those <laughs> like, made up signs. Like, yeah, so you, they're as you good still... as those doctor's notes we were talking about earlier. <laughs> you still got to follow laws, guys. <laughs> yeah. And so I can't, I mean, and yeah, and the other thing is like gazpacho is also not an English word. So, you know, the guy is speaking a language that I'm sure millions of other people in New York City also speak all the time, including a guy that is also ethnic in some way, like I said. Yeah. And he won't stand for someone saying, por favor, which just means please. (laughs) Yeah, this was was a bridge too far. Now he is a literal (laughs) Nazi. Oh, no. Now we know. Now we know that he comes honest by the Nazi term. It's not about rigidity of rules. <laughs> it's about hating ethnicities. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so over at Monks, uh, after that display, over at Monks, Jerry is patching things up with Sheila, and I like this that um, she says, "You know, well, there's behind every joke, there's some truth." I have a, a friend of mine who used to say that all the time whenever. You know, whenever like roasting would go a little too far or whatever, maybe not even a little too far, <laughs> but just like whenever roasting would hit a nerve, it'd be like, well, you know, there's truth to every joke or something like that. I, we didn't get it from this episode, but it is something he said all the time, which I <laughs> maybe he did get it from this episode. I don't know it. But he'd always say there's, you know, there's truth to every joke. Um, but she says behind every joke, there's some truth. So she uh, she moves it around a little bit. Um, and they're sitting on the same side of the booth, which gives us an interesting camera angle because. That, you know, we see like directly behind them in a weird little like table of, um, I don't know, probably silverware or extra bowls and plates and stuff like that. It's just not a, a shot that we see very often because normally there's people on both sides of the booth, but they were able to scoot over a little bit. Hmm. And we didn't get that angled shot. We get the direct shot on them. I just kind of noticed that was, um, you know, whenever you see background that you're not used to in Seinfeld, you're like, hey, I just like with the weird apartment exterior. Yeah. George and Susan come in and. I agree with George here. He points it out that it's he points out that it's weird. They're sitting on the same side of the booth. I also disagree with this when I see it happening. Uh, when I see people couples sitting on the same side of the booth, I've never gotten it. Where do you stand, Ted? I mean, if uh, if my wife and I are going to a restaurant 
with other people, we'll sit on the same side of the booth. But in this scenario, Jerry and and Schmoopy didn't go to the restaurant with George and Susan. They they were joined by right. by them. So it's kind of weird. It, it's kind of weird to go there by yourselves and sit there on the same side of the booth. I, I totally agree, but I see it all the time. I see people who have gone out as a couple and they sit on the same side of the booth, and really? I disagree with it. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it, it just... First of all, it's going to make for, I say even if you're with another couple, well, maybe not, but it's going to make a conversation uncomfortable because you have to turn to your side to talk to the, the other person as opposed to looking straight at them. Mm-hmm. You know, so anything you, anything you gain in physical intimacy is immediately subtracted in that, you know, that mental connection that Jerry brings up later, by the way, you know, being able to just look at someone in the eye and talk to them face to face instead of to the side of their face or whatever and, and yeah. then you're bumping elbows and and stuff it's just yeah i've, I've never understood you same side of the booth people no, not to and, not uh, to mention not to mention like ideally if i'm sitting on the same side of the booth as somebody i have to be on the outside and like my right arm has to be facing like the aisle because if i'm like cutting food like with a fork and knife mm-hmm. my right elbow is wild my right elbow is swinging <laughs> everywhere so like if i'm on the inside and my right arm is like towards somebody they're inadvertently getting elbowed several times <laughs> ted's throwing bows <laughs> <laughs> So George tries to avoid sitting with them, but Susan sees them and, and takes her invitation to join them immediately. But so while they're smooping it up, George starts his baby talk just to show Jerry how disgusting it can be. And it escalates immediately to both couples making out. And this is where I noticed Larry the Cook. Like, so it pans out like they're both making out in the booth <laughs> and it pans out and Larry the Cook and a waitress are like staring at the couples. <laughs> And Larry starts walking over, and I'm like, yeah, oh, and then it cuts. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's a hilarious deleted scene there where Larry, once again, is forced to kick them all out. I, I want to know what it is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if there is a deleted scene or if that really was the cut point. Maybe we didn't <laughs> need it, but it was just the, just his look is enough of like, what are they doing in my restaurant now? <laughs> uh, over at Elaine's, uh, Kramer's showing her the armoire. She loves it. Uh, Kramer tells her it's from the soup Nazi, and we get a great get out push from oh Elaine. Oh my god! Onto she she pushes him into the pantry, and like Kramer goes down yeah. instantly. Oh, it's so great! I mean, yeah, through a swinging door down onto the ground. <laughs> I mean, it's just so great. And like the um, the only thing like, oh, the I, only thing I, that would have made this this push better is if that was the scene like end. Yeah, but but I mean we, we 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 do need like a little bit more exposition to the scene. So I I'm, I'm glad we did get that. But the only thing that would have made the the actual push better is if that was it, it for the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It would have been a great closer. Uh, but but she does say, "Oh, I want to go thank him." You know, she wants to go thank the soup Nazi for coming through like this. Uh over at Monks, Susan is so proud that George was able to show his feelings and be affectionate in front of his friends and in public and immediately expects that behavior from him all the time <laughs> and George can now see the grave that he has dug himself because <laughs> he thought the, he thought the bit was over yeah. once Jerry was gone but yeah he, he he finally realizes like what has happened is <laughs> like oh yeah. oh no <laughs> yeah he's like oh no she didn't know this was a bit I uh, <laughs> oh no ah <laughs> uh... and he can't tell her that that was all pretend you know <laughs> 
Over at Hot Soup, Elaine is thanking the Soup Nazi for the armoire, but the Soup Nazi says if, it, if he knew it was for her who flouted the rules so uh, you know flagrantly, he would have taken a hatchet and chopped it up to bits. He never would have given it to Elaine. And then he yells, next, and the guy behind Elaine who had heard that from Banya that the Soup Nazi was in a good mood is now terrified because the Soup Nazi's in a but, bad mood and he's going to get out on him. Before we leave Hot Soup, uh, this, is, um, this is something that was hard for me to ignore uh i finally got a look at the menu board for hot soup and right at the very bottom it says no substitutions no phone orders did you catch that yeah okay Uh, no no i didn't I, I, i didn't see that so no substitutions jerry touches on in the very beginning but no phone orders there is a guy in the background of every shot when they are at hot soup on the phone with an order pad Oh my gosh! I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> what What is he doing if he's not <laughs> taking phone orders? Yeah, that's true. Maybe he's ordering soup supplies. Maybe he's the one, <laughs> and he's like checking them off as he orders them. <laughs> he's using it for purposes. <laughs> no, it's definitely an oversight. Yeah, Get all ahead ordering, and yet someone's doing it back there. I did not notice that. So out on the street. Jerry and Kramer run into the street tops, or they see them, and Kramer's like, oh my gosh, those are the guys that robbed me. Jerry, he's like, we got to find a cop, and Jerry's like, there's no cop around, let's just go confront them. And the two street tops intimidate both Kramer and Jerry into <laughs> running away as fast as they can. And uh, what we saw before was Bob, the one guy, going like, we saw his temper, but this time around, it's both of them just zero to a hundred real quick. Like, oh it, yeah, because I mean, the, the other guy is like, "Are you talking to me? Excuse me, are you talking to me?" Like, I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, and then they, they pull a taxi driver. Like, well, maybe he's maybe he's not talking to you. Maybe he is talking to me. Which one of us were you talking to? Because you're definitely talking to one of us. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god, <laughs> guys, settle. <laughs> Over to Lane's, Jerry opens the drawer to the armoire and he finds a bunch of soup recipes, the soup Nazis recipes to be exact. And Elaine begins plotting her revenge about, oh, I'll give him to all the restaurants in town. I'll have him published. I'll, I'll ruin him. And Jerry tries to stop her because he loves the soup that much. He doesn't want her to do anything drastic that might cause the soup Nazi to close down. But Elaine wants her revenge. Uh, out on the street, Susan is still hanging on George just uh, just hanging off of him he calls her or she calls him her baby bluey we'll get a blue one from my baby bluey (laughs) (sighs) it's super annoying i mean it's even more annoying than the schmoopy stuff yeah and like i'm guessing since they've left the restaurant and they're now in a different location that she's been doing this the whole time so i'm left to believe this is the only way she's been talking for uh, I i would guess uh, close to an hour now probably yeah i think that's accurate and we'll be talking this way until the end of time for for the foreseeable the future yes this is it this yeah. is this is yeah. how she talks now <laughs> uh jerry runs into them and he's broken up with sheila and he kind of is gloating about george's new situation like he can see what george <laughs> has gotten himself into and he's like oh you know we definitely had the attraction but we just didn't have the mental connection but you obviously have both <laughs> uh, back at hot soup uh, the soup nazi is in the process of kicking out this was anna gosteyer wasn't it uh does that name ring a bell 
It does. I don't know from what, though. So she's an SNL actress, and she's popped up in other stuff, but she was famous for being Martha Stewart on SNL. And, um, oh, she did the, like, the funny music teachers that would sing pop songs in, like, an operatic way with Will Ferrell. So she was, like, in that whole class of, like, Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry, Chris Kattan. Oh, man. Uh, that whole okay. Gang. So this would have been well before her stint on SNL, and, and, and there she is. I'm pretty sure that's her. I might have to uh, write that down because uh, I didn't uh, see her name in the credits, but we'll get a confirmation on Anna Gasteyer getting kicked out of Hot Soup. And as she leaves, it reveals that Elaine is just sort of leaning back against the wall, very cool. And she also reveals to the Soup Nazi that she has all of the recipes. And then Elaine gets to say... No soup for you. Next. Can I say, I hate this ending. Yeah, it was kind of cheesy. Like, I, the, the, the whole, it's building up to Elaine costing this guy his small business. Like, <laughs> oh, 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 no. Oh, no. This guy who uh, I'm assuming came to America and started this very successful small business that all of your friends love. Yeah, I'm going to make <laughs> sure that he can't do that anymore. Oh, oh, yeah. Very, very relatable. I, I guess that's a good point. I didn't, uh, I didn't take that into account. I just know that Elaine wanted revenge, and we know when when the gang wants revenge, wouldn't, no, no pettiness is too small to take revenge too big. Wouldn't the revenge be being able to finally get soup? Like, give him his recipes in exchange for free soup forever. <laughs> that does sound pretty good. I, I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, but- I would take free soup. Are you kidding me? But I, yeah, and that but that doesn't harm him enough. I think. <laughs> I mean, if when you're like gang, if you're like Kramer and you're going to Java the- World, getting free coffees for you and everybody you know, maybe you're hurting his <laughs> bottom line. Yeah, you, probably with a business this size. Yeah, you could if you you know if you got a large for. But that's a lot. You got to really love soup to take advantage of that. You know, like I could drink <laughs> multiple cups of coffee in a day. I can't have multiple soups in a day. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do something to your GI tract eventually. It's like, hey, we need some solids in here, please. <laughs> you go you go to the bathroom and it's just like you're spraying Windex, but brown. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, the next episode, Elaine gets a colostomy bag. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's like, I got to get, I got to eat as much soup as I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, this really, I mean, it it is an overshoot, you're right, but I think it is in line with the character of the gang. You know, like, they want, if if they want revenge on somebody, I think we've seen, like, they want the ultimate revenge, you know. I want them dead. I want their families dead. I want the houses burned to the ground, you know. Um, but, but out on the street, Newman is is frantically running and runs into Jerry, and he tells him that the soup Nazi's closing. He's moving back to Argentina, where I'm pretty sure they speak Spanish. Uh, by he, the way, I hope he's not I hope he's not surprised by that. D- does he say he's moving back uh-huh. to Argentina, or that he's going to Argentina? I think it was just going to Argentina. Okay, because but, uh, the, the, but there, that is still a weird thing to choose for a guy who definitely you know he has a darker complexion, the dark like mm-hmm. he's some ethnicity that's not you know that I'm. That I'm guessing it, it seems Hispanic, you know. Yeah, it's um. I I was wondering. I'm like, does that mean he's from Argentina? Maybe the reason that he didn't want the guy speaking Spanish. Maybe he has a troubled past in Argentina, and he wanted to escape there. And every mention of anything Hispanic or Spanish just brings him all of this like dark clouds over his head. <laughs> 
It, it could be. I mean, that's a lot to put on a guy who just said "por favor." It really <laughs> you know? is. It really is. But that's his issue. That's his issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe it's a, you know maybe it's an American dream type thing. Like I'm going to move to America and have my own soup business, and everyone's going to speak English. You know, something <laughs> like that. Somehow he he got that mixed up in there. <laughs> um, and. So he's going to Argentina. Newman takes off running to get a big pot because he give, he's giving out whatever soup he has left. Uh, by the way, Newman is running really fast, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, another, it seemed like he was hauling. Another very nimble, very agile Newman instance. Yeah, totally. And, and Jerry stops for a second to sort of process the information he's got. And, and he takes off running towards hot soup just to get whatever he can of what's left. And that's the end of the episode proper. All right. Do we, do we have any homework for this episode? Really just, there wasn't any weird references or anything like that. Really just um, look into Spike Ferriston because uh, I recognized his name and see if this was the first episode he wrote and, and get more of his um, background with Seinfeld and stuff like that. And, and confirm that that was Anna Gostire in the in hot soup at the end. Okay. Um, for, yeah, for something that was like so dialogue heavy, uh, there's so many like great quotes in this. There's not much yeah. that we need to look up. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I'm always sort of like kind of disappointed in myself when I star one of those cliche episodes, but I starred this one. I think the Soup Nazi holds up to its legacy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I said this for the puffy shirt, but like, uh, what, what do you what do you want me to say about this? I mean, it, it's iconic for a reason. This one is this was a great episode. Like there's there's nothing yeah. there's nothing additional I can say that hasn't been written in thousands of think pieces about this art about this episode or about like Seinfeld as a whole. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it holds up, and and I'm always kind of surprised when the classics do because it's like, oh come on, that's all just nostalgia. And it's like, no, this <laughs> this episode that everyone says is good is good. It's not just the way you remember it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you like visually about this episode for cover art? I like, and maybe it's because, and I, I only just now learned his name, and I've said it like 30 times, I like the wide shot of the two couples making out in the booth, and Larry, the cook, or the manager of Monks, like sort of, <laughs> th- just that shot of them, Larry like looking at them incredulously, but also, I mean, it's called the Soup Nazi, you kind of almost have to have cover art with the Soup Nazi. I will see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe George and Jerry, like at the beginning or something. You know, like some of like the soup Nazi, everyone in line at the soup Nazi's place, something like that. Elaine. And there, there's a, probably a lot of good shots of people with the soup Nazi. But I did love that shot of, you know, in, in any other episode, the, the shot of them making out in the booth would have been my choice. All right. Do we want to try and come up with a better description? I think we can. OK, so we had Jerry's favorite soup vendor won't serve his new girlfriend. Parenthetical Alexandra Wentworth. I mean, it, we could just make it as simple as like. I, I always say the gang, just you know, kind of stealing that. For, you know, uh, it's always sunny, but so we can we can fill in whatever blank we want. But the gang deals with an eccentric restaurant owner. Hmm. Okay. What do you think of that? I don't hate it. I mean, we could say Jerry, Elaine, George, and Kramer deal with an eccentric. You know. Yeah, but I don't I know mean, what we would call them besides the gang. The group. The group, I, yeah, the group deals with an eccentric restaurant owner. Have have they been referred to as the gang in like an actual description that we've had before? I think they have been. Wait, like an official description or one of ours? What, what an official description? 
Uh-oh. Huh, interesting. No, I, maybe. Yeah, if you remember that they have, um, maybe they have. Yeah, that, that does sound familiar now that now that you say it. Or maybe we are just thinking of Always Sunny. <laughs> no, that's what I'm worried about, too. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, I don't mind the gang deals with an eccentric restaurant owner. Because it, it's so so little of it to me is about Jerry and Sheila's yeah, going into experience it. Experience with the soup Nazi. Going into it, because I mean, we we touch on before. Like I I know very few things about Seinfeld, but before we started this show, the soup Nazi was one of the things I did know. I, I knew like no soup for you, but I I didn't know like any context about it. I thought the fact that he like didn't give her soup, give, give like Jerry's girlfriend soup, was going to be a much bigger deal. I thought like he banned her. I thought leading up. Like, whenever he gave Elaine the one-year ban, I thought that's, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's going to be ramping up. He's going to ban Jerry's girlfriend for life then. I, I thought that's uh-huh. where that was leading. But ultimately, nope, didn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't come up again because it's just Jerry's... Indi- they all have varying individual experiences. Kramer is buddy-buddy with him. Elaine is feels wrong by him and wants revenge. George has his experience with the bread. Jerry with the girl. Like, they all just have their varying individual experiences and one is not more important than the other. Certainly not Jerry's. If anything, Elaine, if any, if you wanted to make it about one of their specific things and it's Elaine. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, if, if it all revolves around the soup Nazi, then I, then I like that. Just saying everybody has their own experiences with an eccentric <laughs> restaurant owner, but even that's too much. I think deals with is fine. We did it. We did it. Okay. So, we made so, it better. so next week <laughs> we've got season seven, episode seven, the secret code original air date, November 9th, 1995. And if you're looking at TV guide that night, you are going to see George conceals his ATM code from fiance, Susan, semicolon guest, John O'Hurley. John O'Hurley is back. Ah, uh-huh. yes. Jay Peterman himself. Uh, yeah, I remember this episode. I think it's going to be, um, yeah, I think it's going to be another good one. I, I think it's going to have some funny moments. So I have, I have some high hopes. For this one. And is that it? I think that's it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.